Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Now, the story of the day is the fact that this Derek Chauvin case, this verdict could get tossed. I mean, that is the story. But coming up on its heels quick is how the Republican Party is looking to remove Representative Liz Cheney from leadership. Kevin McCarthy on the hot mic? You've got you've got uh, Republicans everywhere trying to make the move to get Elise Stefanik, the Republican uh, from New York, Congresswoman, in in and Liz Cheney out because Liz Cheney voted for impeachment, don't you know? Liz Cheney calling Donald Trump a liar. Liz Cheney thinking that he invoked a an or, or, or incited an insurrection. Oh, this is big. Democrats are jumping in. This is a story because the story of what could happen next is a fascinating one. I don't think anybody's put any time into whatsoever. I don't know if the Republican Party has asked themselves what happens here if they should move Liz Cheney out. What does it get them? What do they gain? What do they lose? Has there been any level of mathematics done? I'm not sure. I will get into it. That's coming up. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you on Facebook. Tony Katz Radio, Parlor, Instagram, Twitter, at uh, Tony Katz and everything at TonyKatz.com. But the big story is Derek Chauvin. The big story is that there's a push to get this verdict overturned. Of course, it is uh, Chauvin's lawyer uh, saying, yeah, we're uh, we're going to appeal here. And uh, we think this whole thing should be thrown out. Well, of course, he's going to say that. But as we know, there are people who are like, yeah, he didn't do such a great job in that defense. But he's got a couple things in his favor. First, you have a conversation of the fact that you kept the entire proceedings, right? This, of course, Officer Derek Chauvin. This is the death of George Floyd, the knee on the neck, the whole thing. You kept the case happening in Hennepin County there in Minnesota. How do you expect to get a fair trial? You've got uh, jurors walking through concrete barriers and barbed wire. You've got people yelling and screaming outside the courtroom. What fair trial do you think you were going to have? Then you have the fact that the jurors weren't sequestered until they were in that deliberation phase. They went home every night. And you know what the, the rule was from the judge? Don't watch the news. Oh, my, oh, my, oh, my, oh, my. Then you have the commentary from Maxine Waters, right? Maxine Waters uh, saying uh, that, you know, if, 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 uh, if, if we, uh, if there's not a, a murder uh, conviction, then we're going to, we're going to, we're going to stick to the streets, right? It was uh, Alan Dershowitz uh, on Newsmax just taking her just remarkably to task. First of all, the judge should have granted the motion for a mistrial based on the efforts of Congresswoman Waters to influence the jury. Her message was clearly intended to get to the jury. If you acquit or if you find a charge less than murder, we will burn down your buildings. We will burn down your businesses. We will attack you. Uh, We will do what happened to the witness, uh, blood on their door. Uh, This was an attempt to intimidate the jury. It's borrowed precisely from the Ku Klux Klan. 
That's some pretty harsh stuff from Dershowitz, and he's not wrong. So you've got this these series of things, and by the way, we're not discussing whether or not we approve or disapprove of the actions of Derek Chauvin. I disapprove of the actions of Derek Chauvin. I think it should have clearly been second-degree manslaughter. It's possible because of the way the Minnesota laws work, you could have gotten third-degree murder. I think second-degree murder just isn't there. That is not condoning what Derek Chauvin did. That's a recognition of the law as I have read it, not being a lawyer. But there are things that if you're a defense attorney, you're going to utilize. You're, of course, going to bring to bear. And then there's the news that one of the jurors may have lied on their questionnaire about their political activities. It is very possible that the juror that the jury was tainted. And that may very well be enough. I had a chance to speak with William Jacobson, Cornell law professor, and the mind behind legalinsurrection.com and asked him about this juror, this information that's coming out. You can find more at legalinsurrection.com. Who is this juror? What happened and how is this going to be utilized by the defense? Yeah, hi, Tony. So the juror is so-called juror number 52, Brandon Mitchell, and he's been very public since the verdict. He's been on TV, numerous TV shows, talking about what he went through as a juror, et cetera, et cetera. None of that is really a problem. But what did happen is that uh, it was discovered on Facebook, posted, I think, by an uncle of his, a photo of him at a rally in D.C., that was held prior to the verdict, obviously. Uh, it wasn't explicitly necessarily a George Floyd rally, but it was arising out of the George Floyd death. And he's got a T-shirt on that says, get your knee off our necks. And then it has BLM on it. It also has an image of uh, Martin Luther King Jr. So <clears throat> that was not disclosed that he was at the uh, protest. And there was a very specific jury question when the jury went through the screening process, uh, written question that all the jurors had to answer. And that question was, um, have you or anyone close to you participated in protests about police use of force or police brutality? And I think it's pretty clear that that was one of the issues at that protest. Uh, George Floyd's family members spoke there. So arguably, you could say it was a George Floyd protest. And he he apparently answered no to it. We don't have a copy of his, uh, you know, uh, actual form that he filled out. But apparently he has said that he answered no to that. And that's a problem because that goes to the heart of what the case is about. There was another question that a lot of people are paraphrasing, which I don't think necessarily does not seem to apply because that other question asked about whether he attended a demonstration or march in Minneapolis uh, after George Floyd's death. And this photo was taken of him at a protest in D.C. So arguably that 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 doesn't call for. And obviously it goes to the heart of the case. I mean, a juror is wearing a T-shirt about getting your knee off the neck. And that was the issue in the case. And that wasn't disclosed. It wasn't known. And that in itself has you know given rise to questions about whether it was a tainted jury here. So so let's dig in a little bit uh, further. You are now uh, Eric Nelson. You're the attorney for Derek Chauvin. Uh, people like yourself and others saying that he did not put on the greatest defense. Is this enough 
to bring to a judge on on its own and say, we have jurors who lied. We simply can't have this. We have to toss the whole thing and start all over again. Is this enough to get a judge to at least take a look at it? It should be because this is not a minor lie. It's not, you know, um, something that's really irrelevant. It, it, it actually goes to the exact issue that was in the case. And uh, the issue in the case was whether the video of uh, what appeared to be Chauvin's knee to the neck uh, was the cause of death. Is, is that what killed George Floyd? The common wisdom, the narrative, the political and media narrative is that George Floyd died from nine minutes of a knee to the neck. Now, anyone who actually watched the trial knows that that is not actually the prosecution medical theory as to why he died. So the public perception is wrong, but that's the perception that this juror had. The the prosecution's case was that it was what they call positional asphyxiation, that there was no damage to the structure of the neck. The prosecution witnesses acknowledged that, for the most part, Chauvin's leg and knee were on the back, upper back, towards the back of the neck. There was no cutting of, there was no cutting of airflow through the windpipe, and there was no cutting of blood flow to the brain. So that is not actually the prosecution theory, but it was something that this juror apparently believed enough, as most Americans did, to wear a T-shirt at a protest. And so I think it goes so closely to the heart of the actual issue in the case that I don't see how a judge could not at least seriously consider. Now, I've got to uh, you know, go back. It doesn't seem like there's necessarily a clear, clear standard as to what point juror misconduct leads to a new trial. But this is something the judge really needs to consider because of how closely it's aligned with the central issue in the case. Talking to William Jacobson. Talking to William Jacobson, Cornell Law Professor, the mind behind LegalInsurrection.com. Now let's take a look at this outside of just this new information regarding uh, juror number 52. You had the commentary from Maxine Waters and commentary from others that there was no way a fair trial could happen in Hennepin County, there in in Minneapolis. Eric Nelson, the defense attorney for Derek Chauvin, is going to make that case as well without this juror information which i agree with you is damning but without that juror information is this a hail mary from from a defense saying hey this is what you do now this is what legal opportunities are afforded us let's go give it a try and see what the hell happens well defense attorneys have to do that so there's nothing wrong with him doing that but he's got to do it because if he does he have any grounds outside of this juror I think there was a uh, it's a little unclear to me because, you know, we don't have the transcript to what extent, for example, the expert ten- testimony was objected to. I believe he did. I believe it was com- <clears throat> completely some of the medical testimony was completely improper. I think a lot of the testimony was completely improper. So they were allowed to present several witnesses talking about uh, choke blood chokes and how what Chauvin was doing, non-medical witnesses, lay witnesses who can express opinions, how what Chauvin was doing was cutting off the blood flow to George Floyd's brain, which caused his system to shut down. But their actual medical testimony was to the opposite. So they were allowed to present alternative theories, which I don't think they should have been allowed to do, including a theory that contradicted their medical experts. There was a whole lot of testimony uh, about the bystanders being allowed to emote about how they felt watching it. 
There was so-called cumulative evidence. So there was a lot that went wrong at this trial, but it's a tough standard to grant a new trial. And so I don't I don't think I wouldn't call these things Hail Marys. But I would say that any defendant who's convicted has an uphill battle to demonstrate that he was deprived of his constitutional rights uh, by virtue of whatever happened during the trial. So I don't think it's a Hail Mary, but I don't think somebody should you know, count on it. Somebody should expect that it would get overturned uh, in terms of the Maxine Waters and the other. Th- I think one of the reasons what. Um, Nelson is asking for is a essentially a trial with where you put the jurors on the stand is to find out what people knew what they heard but it's going to have to be very substantial I think in order for it to result in a new trial I think this new information about a juror apparently having lied on the jury questionnaire about attending a protest uh, and now there's a photo of him wearing a T-shirt on the very issue that's involved in the case, which is the meat of the neck. I think that's probably the best chance that Chauvin has to get a new trial because he did not get a fair and impartial jury. We had a juror who, you know, uh, lied about if the juror had no bad intent, why not just say, yeah, I attended a protest in D.C.? So the Facebook Oversight Board has upheld the ban on President Trump on Facebook. And so what did he do? He started his own platform. That's what he did. Life uh, finds a way. Thank you, Jeff Goldblum. Tony Katz, so good to be with you on Tony Katz today. Now, he announced the, uh, the platform I think it was last night, from the desk of Donald J. Trump. Uh, So we're clear, it's not a platform. It's not a platform. It's something else altogether, right? It could be the start of a platform. It could be a thing of a platform. But right now, it is not a platform. And you can't go there and communicate with other people. What you could do is sign up for emails and then donate to a Trump pack or whatever it is. Okay, it's a start. We need more platforms anyway. But the story here is that there's a Facebook oversight board. And what they said is, I, I read it differently than some others, right? Like I, I saw Congressman Jim Banks, who we have uh, on the show often, you know, Indiana guy. I live in Indiana. And, and uh, Politico just put out, did you see the Politico piece, Producer Ari? On Jim Banks? It was a... Uh, it, it was a piece, you know, kind of highlighting him and, and, and where he's going in the party, something I'm going to pay attention to, i got to ask him about. He tweeted out, this is a dangerous and reckless decision and sends a clear signal to conservatives using social media, you're not welcome here. If Facebook is so big, it thinks it can silence the leaders you elect, it's time for conservatives to pursue an antitrust agenda. But listen to what it is they said. Facebook cannot make up the rules as it goes, and anyone concerned about its power should be concerned about allowing this. Having clear rules that apply to all users and Facebook is essential for ensuring the company treats users fairly. 
Facebook's uh, normal penalties include removing the violating content, imposing a time-bound suspension, a period of suspension, or permanently disabling the page. Review this matter. They, they want Facebook to review this matter to determine and justify a proportionate response that is consistent with the rules that are applied to other users of its platform. They then get into the idea of um, while the same rules should apply to all users, context matters when assessing the probability and imminence of harm. Now, the imminence of harm is something that's subjective. Unless you're saying, hey, you know, let's all meet at this time and go beat somebody up. Well, saying like, we're going to fight like hell against uh, what happened in, in, in Arizona and Georgia and Pennsylvania. That's not imminent harm. That's not imminent harm. But Facebook is, is saying that, look, we don't think that Trump should be suspended forever, but we're not going to get into how long Trump should be suspended. We're going to leave that to Facebook as, as if somehow we are different than Facebook. But the, 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 the part two of this is they're saying that what Facebook is doing is arbitrary. That's the way I read it. Maybe you read it differently. They're making the argument that what Facebook is doing is not normal. If you suspended the man on January 7th, and now we're, we're, we're into the month of May, right? And you're still discussing how long this will last? What's permanent? What's temporary? What, what, where, where are these rules? By putting this out there, they're already saying to you clearly that they don't have a policy or worse the policy changes from moment to moment depending on what we need the policy to change to we have a very loose set of guidelines that we very loosely apply depending on the person or group we need to apply it to or we don't loosely apply it depending on the person or group we need to apply it to Suspension period should be long enough to deter misconduct and may, in appropriate cases, include a counter page deletion. Well, then go about deleting the man's page. But they're not doing that. They're continuing to play this game. I don't know if their plan was to look this bad, but they do. So I don't mind if Congressman Banks goes about antitrust. But... It seems that the Facebook decision makes them look ridiculous as opposed to just the targeting that they do. I'm Tony Katz. Maybe you got vaccinated, maybe you didn't. I think that's up to you. I've now been asked this so many times, and where am I uh, on this? I've been asked this on radio, I've been asked this on TV, asked this in, 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 in private life. Look, get vaccinated, don't get vaccinated, live your life. 
I don't think I've ever asked anybody if they've been vaccinated for polio. I don't think I've ever asked anybody if they've been vaccinated for, 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 for anything. I can tell you that when my kids were, 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 were little, we, with our doctor, changed the way we did vaccinations. Spread them out. Some people thought we were crazy. You know what I think of those people? Nothing. I don't talk to those people anymore. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, Parlor, Instagram, Twitter, Tony Katz and everything at TonyKatz.com. What would I care if somebody else thought it was a bad idea? They matter? It's my kid. I'll make the decision, thank you very much. And what we decided was, didn't want all the vaccine happening for all these issues at, 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 at MMR, et cetera, uh, at, at one time. So we just spread it out and said, hey, we want to spread this out. And our doctor said, cool. You mean like this? And we said, well, how about a little bit like this? The, the doctor said, well, no, no, you don't want to do that one over there. You want to do more of this over here, but we can do this. And we were like, that's what we'll do. And we made the decision what was what we thought was best. The expert gave us their advice and then we made the decision. We have a whole problem in the US regarding the idea of experts and the very concept of expertise. The expert does not exist or even the expert class does not exist to tell us what to do. They exist as a place where we can go to get information on options on what to do, but then we, the people, make the decision. Now, I want to make sure I'm saying this as clear as day. Anyone who believes otherwise, that the expert should make the decision, wants to live in a totalitarian nightmare. They're simply wrong. I know, I know, Tony... You're just, you're just laying it out on the line. But they are. To make the decision, to, to, to make this claim, this idea that, that because you, the expert, say something that everybody else should live by, no, I see it differently. I see it differently. And being the citizen that I am, I get to then utilize it. And if you say to me you're not allowed to see it differently, then for what reason do we have second opinions when it comes to doctors? All that schooling? All that schooling! All that edumacating. And you're like, no, I'm going to go talk to somebody else. The expert class exists to give advice, not specifically for the idea of us having to follow. But then there are the people who not only believe in the expert class, but uh, exist to prop up the expert class and then decide that they can take the elitism of the expert class for themselves. And this is Chris Cuomo. Chris Cuomo of CNN, by the way, have I discussed the ratings? You know, I'll, I'll get to the ratings in, the, in, in, in a little bit. Stick, stick around. Next hour. We'll get to the ratings in the next hour. Very, very interesting story. Remind me, producer Ari, ratings next hour. Chris Cuomo's on CNN. He's talking to Don Lemon, and they're talking about uh, who's vaccinated and who's not, and, well, it devolves. How do you make them realize that doing it is worth it beyond information and personal satisfaction of prophylaxis? Do you pay them? I'm fine with it. I'm fine with incentives. I believe that for grades, by the way. 
Yeah. I say it to the kids all the time. I wish that would happen to me. I'd have, I'd have a better GPA. Right? What's wrong? I'm not paying I'd, my I'd kids to get grades. I'd have a better grades. job. Hey, I'll pay them because I have to pay when they don't get the grades. i got to pay for the tutors and all the other stuff. Oh, boy. So I'm fine with that. Donuts, beer, businesses. I think you and I, we call for a table. It's going to be mobbed where we live. Wait, we're both vaccinated. I think we should get a preference. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Well. He's fine with the idea. First of all, he's fine with bribing his kids, which, uh, okay, many parents do. And Don Lemon wishes somebody had bribed him because then maybe he would have been a better student. Not on his own could he be a better student. Not because of his own volition, not because of his own hard work. No, only the bribe could make Don Lemon I got the hiccups. (laughs) I made myself laugh so hard I got the hiccups. Oh, that's going to hurt. But Fredo believes he should get a table before you. Wait, we're both vaccinated. I think we should get a preference. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Well, um, what about your syphilis? I love the fact that Ari's microphone is having problems, so you can't hear him say, Oh, my God, Tony! I was waiting to hear the whole statement before I commented. <laughs> what about Chris Cuomo's syphilis? I, I mean, does he have I mean, sh- shouldn't, shouldn't we know whether or not he's got enough penicillin for that before he's allowed a seat at the restaurant? Before having sex, at least. Uh, what, what, what about his gonorrhea? Say, I mean, I, can you catch gonorrhea through non-sexually, non-sexual ways? Right. Um, what about his other multitude of sexually transmitted diseases? I assume he's got hundreds of them. I have absolutely no way of knowing such a thing, and you understand I'm making this all up, and I think that Chris Cuomo is totally clean when it comes to these things. But as long as we're giving preference to people who who got a COVID vaccine, I want to give preference to people who not only uh, uh, have taken medicine for their syphilis, but have never had syphilis. Let's go. What kind of thing is this? What kind of thing is it that Chris Cuomo and Don Lemon are promoting here? They're promoting the idea that because they saw something as valuable, they deserve something special. And because you said to yourself, eh, it's not for me, you should be left out in the cold. Take it to a different direction. By the way, do I have to once again explain that I'm not accusing Chris Cuomo of having any sexually transmitted diseases? Is that necessary? Hold on. The lawyers tell me what the hell. Just go with it. Pfizer now has a vaccine that is cleared for teenagers. Pfizer has a vaccine for teens. Are you going to let your 15-year-old get the vaccine? This goes into a story about Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan took it on the chin because Joe Rogan said... If you're healthy, should you get the vaccine? I don't think so. I mean, do you work out? Do you take care of yourself? Uh, and this is him like, don't be stupid, but do you, do you really need it? People went nuts. The White House went after Joe Rogan. Uh, Dr. Fauci went after Joe Rogan. And Joe Rogan's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't listen to me. I'm a schmuck. What are you, what are you listening to me for? Go live your life. You ask me a question, I give you an answer. And people are like, oh, Joe Rogan caved to the White House. Do you know how crazy everybody sounds when they say that? Joe Rogan caved to the White House. 
Because what? He came out and said, why are you people listening to me? I like Joe Rogan. I've never met the man. I don't listen to his his, his his podcast, right? Just because I don't really keep any other thoughts in, in, in my head. But every now and then I'll, I'll hear a clip or hear something. My wife listens uh, to, to the podcast. She listens to mine first, of course. I mean, clearly, who wouldn't? And then she listens to, to, to Joe. I'm going to take medical advice from the guy who was smoking a joint with Elon Musk. Joe Rogan has on guys who will talk about tribes that take on a multi-day fasting ritual so they can get more in touch with their spiritual selves and God and how it relates to Jesus. I'm not taking my medical advice from Joe. Although I'd have a conversation with him about what he thinks about intermittent fasting or diet or, or, or many other things. I could say, hmm, that's interesting. I'm going to research more. Hmm, that's interesting. I'm going to ask my doctor. Who in the world listened to Joe Rogan and said, oh, my gosh, I'm not getting the vaccine. Honey, I was going to get the vaccine, and then Joe Rogan told me I shouldn't get the vaccine because if I do, I could find myself in a Kimura. It's an MMA move, people. Seriously, pay attention. Nobody. And I'm not insulting Joe Rogan when I say this. I think he'd agree with me. He's giving his opinion and his thought. I think a lot of parents would be like, I'm not giving my 15-year-old the vaccine. We would, no, 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 no. Chris Cuomo and Don Lemon don't believe the 15-year-old should be allowed to eat in a restaurant? Because a parent made a decision not to, uh, not to side with the elitist class of quote-unquote experts? This is the problem. This is the problem. That people get themselves madly worked up in these areas. And then they lose all ability to think some people don't want their child with a vaccine now if you say to me but they all got the polo vaccine yes after 50 60 years and polo i'm sorry that's polo vaccine polio vaccine the polio vaccine affected children and the polio vaccine prevented them from walking and covid gives kids the sniffles in the main, right? Anything's possible. But there'll be super spreaders. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're discussing how parents view their children and these types of things. The vaccine just came out. 100 million people have it. After a year, more parents might feel comfortable about giving their kids the COVID vaccine. Stop getting angry with them. Start thinking like a parent. Start thinking like a rational person. Stop being crazy. And stop thinking you take your medical advice from Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan, Chris Cuomo, Don Lennon. Three people I don't take medical advice from, but only one who I actually want to have dinner with. I'm Tony Katz. Peloton has recalled all their treadmills. Do I even want to look at that stock price?
Peloton, recall voluntarily, may I add, recalling both of its treadmills after Consumer Product Safety Commission urged against using the company's Tread Plus machine because of reports of a child's death and dozens of injuries. Now, I've seen at least one of the videos. I shouldn't say at least. I've seen one of the videos. And it was crazy that a kid, like a five-year-old, got sucked underneath the treadmill. According to the CEO, John Foley, the decision to recall both products was the right thing to do for Peloton's members and their families. You can contact Peloton and get a full refund. Continuing, I want to be clear, Peloton made a mistake in our initial response to the Consumer Product Safety Commission's request that we recall the Tread Plus. We should have engaged more productively for them with them from the onset. For that, I apologize. If I don't have kids, do I have to send it back? And it's a voluntary recall, so the answer is no, I don't have to. I'm just saying, if I have kids... If I don't have kids, can I keep it? If my kids are teenagers, can I keep it? If I'm keeping an eye on my kids, can I keep it? It seems that that a fair amount of, of, of what happened was, you know, or at least in what I have read and heard about, was people not paying attention. I'm not saying the thing isn't dangerous. I am, am not saying that it's not dangerous. I'm saying that is it dangerous all the way around. Peloton stock is down, I think, like, was down 7%. I have no idea where it is right now. And then there's the story of Archbishop Salvatore Cordelion. Not Corleone. Cordelion. Right? Not this guy. Different guy. Just making sure. But the archbishop is the is actually the archbishop in San Francisco, home of Nancy Pelosi, and he wrote a letter that's getting a lot of attention. And the letter states that Catholics who support abortion should not receive communion. I know a lot of Catholics who are like, it's about dang time. Look, I'm I'm not Catholic, right? I'm outsider looking in. But when you make the claim that you are a devout Catholic and you excuse, are okay with, defend abortion, it's kind of hard to make the claim that you're a devout Catholic. So on Fox, when, when Steve Ducey asked the archbishop, can you be a devout practicing Catholic and support abortion? The archbishop said, absolutely, absolutely not. Absolutely not, absolutely not. And another reason I had to write this letter is to help people understand what this issue is about. This is not one policy issue among several. This is the most fundamental right. It's the right to life. We're talking about killing innocent human beings. So this is a very serious matter. Anyone who cooperates in that is involving themselves in a very serious sin. And absolutely not, that's not possible. Well, that's just laying it right out there. But here's the question. Let's go back to the conversation about the experts. 
You got to listen to the experts. You got to get vaccinated. You got to get your kid vaccinated. You got to listen to the experts. The experts have told you. Archbishop Salvatore Cordelione. Now, I am not. What comes after the archbishop? The cardinal? And then, and then Pope. So, pretty high up there. I think if I've got it right, someone will tell me if I'm not. My point being, wouldn't the archbishop be an expert? And aren't we supposed to listen to the experts? Because the experts just said, you can't be a devout Catholic and be okay with abortion. So he's discussing refusing communion. I'm surprised, again, outsider looking in, that this hasn't happened years ago. Really, uh, it, it's it's kind of amazing. So we will uh, continue to see how people respond. People like Nancy Pelosi. People like Joe Biden. And uh, I have got so much more to get into. Man, we are just getting started. This is Tony Katz today.